Great to have you this morning, and um, I want to embark on a two-week, a two-week message. Um, the truth of it is, as I've been telling a few people recently, because it's a bit of a joke, but I only actually, I only actually have one message. It's, uh, it's three years long, and I just pull out little snippets every, every Sunday. Uh, but I've been here three years now. So it's, uh, well, you're probably waiting for a new message, but I, I figure you've heard enough. So, um, so what I want to do today is take us into a journey and really kick off what a 90-day journey for us, or take us till Christmas, more or less, where, you know, the ratio with which Jesus taught to the, compared to the amount to which he sort of, ex, when I say expected, I don't mean rules-based expectation, but just the, the assumption that his disciples would take what he's saying and apply it was far different ratio than what we take for granted. So if, if I speak for three years, as I have, um, uh, half an hour a week, I'd do, the, do the math on that, compared to the, compared to the uh, expectancy of, okay, now go away and do that, um, it's very different. The ratio is much, much different. He would say, go and do this, and then just have awkward silence. How's it working out, guys? You know, and, and that's the way you roll. So I want to do a little bit of that, if I can, and, um, and finish off with um, something a little bit different that we haven't done before. I've, I've, I don't want to overpromise and under-deliver, but I, I've, I've put it out there that we're going to have a bit of a faith-building exercise today, so I'll get to that. So what I, want to, what I want to do is take you on a journey of growing in faith, because faith is our responsibility to grow. God doesn't read your Bible for you. God doesn't do the worship for you. God doesn't grow your faith for you. This is a very important principle. So we're going we're to bury ourselves down to what that means because if you look at what he kept correcting his disciples about, kept encouraging them to do, what was it? Have faith. Follow me, have faith. And those two ingredients were supposed to really unleash this kingdom on an unsuspecting world, turn it right side up. Follow me, have faith. So let's begin with asking, I guess, yourself a question, which I often do at the beginning of a message. Can you remember in recent weeks, days, uh, recent years, uh, how God has proved himself to you, proved his existence? How has he worked in your life? Um, how have you seen him that's taken him beyond, it's brought the relationship out, it's taken him beyond a theory, beyond an apologetic, beyond, I, I'm a God guy, I believe in God, to go and, no, I know him, he speaks to me, he works in my life. So it might be a word of scripture that's come to you, a circumstance that could only be God, supernatural provision, word of encouragement, word of uh, an act of healing. Perhaps you've experienced peace in the storm, words of wisdom, gifts of the Spirit. See, I can, start, I can keep rattling these things off. These are the ways that God works in our life. So in your mind, I'm really hoping if we, because if, if we're about anything, we're about going beyond theory here. It's what's your experience of God being in your life? Um, because these, these moments become sort of icons in our life. My, I mean, my highlight reel after 30-odd uh, years of walking with Christ, uh, the highlight reels gives me some great stories on a Sunday, but that's a highlight reel. They're the, things, they're the icons. They're the things we, we look back on. And they almost become for us the high watermark of what, what it looks like when we or God or, or this Christian thing gets it right. And often in the troughs between those moments, we think, if only I could experience that again, like today, that thing that happened weeks and months and years ago, when it was all going, I would love that to happen again today. But what if 
those things, and here's where I want to take the Scripture and apply it to your life, is what if those things that happened to you were meant to be way more than that? What if they weren't just something that happened? What if they weren't the high watermark? What if they were the low watermark? What if there was an expectancy that there was supposed to be something different come from that? What if those miracles are an invitation to something else? What if they were what they say they are, a signpost, an invitation to a whole new experience? So let's begin with a verse that is actually the end of our story today. We're going to bury ourselves in Mark chapter 6. We're going to unfold this layer upon layer. But we'll start at the end. And it's verse 51. And it says that Jesus climbed into the boat with them. The wind died down and they were completely amazed. As you would be. But why would they be amazed? Well, it said, for they had not understood about the loaves. There's something happened yesterday with the loaves and they didn't understand because their hearts were hardened. Okay, so context, this is a moment after we, uh, Jesus had walked on water. It's in three of the Gospels, John, Matthew and Mark, uh, talk about this, this journey that's um, in the book of Mark. We're going we're to examine it over two weeks, Mark 6, 7 and 8, predominantly 6 and 8. It's this moment where Jesus comes to them, walks on the water. Um, he's fed the 5,000, he walks on the water, feeds the 5,000. And then he has this moment with the disciples, which is a real kicker. And um, the lesson that's going to come at the end of next week. So a couple of verses before this, where he comes into the boat and they're amazed because they, they haven't figured out how he could do that. And they, they were amazed because they hadn't understood something about the loaves, which we're going to investigate today. So I've, I've often skipped over this, but today we're going to bury, what was that thing they missed? What was it about the loaves that they missed, that we miss, I miss? And we need to come back and go, hang on, this is important. This is actually really important because if we don't get this, we will be amazed and we'll take those icon moments and we'll go, high watermark. If only I could come back to that again every now and again. We're, we're supposed to be in a whole different place. So a few verses earlier, it says that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to meet them. So he's now, he's walking on the lake. He was about to pass them. I don't know whether you've ever picked that up. He was about to go past. So he's walking on the water. We picture the scene like the cartoon characters in um, Sunday school, don't we? They're walking, there's a, there's a heavenly glow and the disciples are going. And, uh, but he, he's just on a stroll. How's it? And, he's, and he's, he's gonna keep going. He said, we're going to the other side. So he was going to the other side. They're rowing in the storm. He was prepared to walk by. How can he do that? Like, how can he literally just see you guys? I'm not entering into that fray with you. I'm just, I'm walking on the water and I'm out of here. Okay, so in the shadow of feeding the 5,000, he's actually moved on because they've learned a whole suite of lessons before the feeding of the 5,000. Then he's demonstrated that. He's taken them on from that suite of lessons, taken them into the feeding. Now he's taking them into a new place and he's moving them from a place of instruction to a place of invitation. He's prepared to walk by. So he, now it's not, I'm telling you what to do. Now it's like there's an offer here for more. Interested? I'm walking by. And it's those moments in our life where we go, hang on, God, you were so present. There was that thing that you did. Why have you now gone silent? Why is it that you're now, you now seem to be walking by? Where'd you go? Oh, I'm back down to where I was before the high watermark. It's exactly the opposite. When God seems quiet, uh, absent, 
moving past you, it's actually normally, and there's exceptions to every rule, but normally it's an invitation for you to take that miracle that you've seen and it's an invitation to the next step, invitation to more, and it's in the very tempest of life. And most of us here are knowing what tempest feels like. We're experiencing tempest, so many of us, in ways that we can't do anything about it. It's like those waves to those guys. They could not do anything but row. Is that your life right now? You're through, this, you're through the tempest. You've seen Jesus work before. Not doing me much good now. I'm just rowing in a storm now and it just never seems to end. God, where have you gone? I'm not gonna walk away from you. I'm not gonna forget. But, he's, but it's like he's absent. You're doing this alone. You're pulling those oars in your own strength. And we don't realise he's actually inviting you in that vacuum of his presence where he's been manifest and now he's hidden. That's an invitation to pursue. This is the next step in this process that we're going to look into. We think he's gone somewhere and our best day will be when we can go back to what it was like before, but he's inviting you through a, through a vacuum. He's inviting you to seek him because the kingdom is relational. And often that test, often that opportunity will come in the moments that, Many of you here are experiencing right now that tempest and the tempest is in you. It's not on the water anymore. It's gotten in. You breathed in the water, but it's in that very moment that the offer is there to go to a whole new place. So his water walking lesson that was about to come was built on the learning of the previous miracle, the previous day for these guys. And God expects the miracles of your yesterday to mature your view of what's possible today. That's a seed. That miracle is his investment in your faith. It's a signpost to other things. And his pathway is not to keep, you, keep doing the same thing with you. What parent treats their children the same way for the, all of their life? They go from crawling to, to walking to running to getting their own career. We, we parent situationally. And this is how he deals with us, with our faith situational to our maturity. And he wants to take us beyond the point where we're hoping God will work for us to the point where we get to true New Testament maturity, the spirit within working with us. And this is where it's different. And this is the difference between Old Testament and New Testament life. The spirit is within and wanting to work our lives out. This is a fundamental shift. This is, bracket, bracket, important. This is a big, hairy deal. Because the church is of no use to the world if all we have is an apologetic. If this isn't activated in our life, if these steps of faith aren't growing, if we can't demonstrate what he went to pains to work through over and over with the disciples, we're just doing the very best we can in our own strength. But he's inviting us to a place where we're displaying the kingdom in partnership with him. But the next step he takes us on may require a little bit more initiative. All right, let's dig in. Let's have a look at this principle. So Matthew 13, 31 says an interesting thing. I want to talk to you about how and the expectancy of the kingdom life to grow this. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Very, very small. It starts small. Your faith starts very small. So what he's doing here is growing faith. So the kingdom, he's saying, works like that. That faith you start with is not expected to stay that way. It's like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field and though it's the smallest of seeds, when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. This is a kingdom principle in that everything in the kingdom is a partnership and everything starts small and it grows. God plays his part, we play our part. 
And there's God who makes the kingdom fruit grow, but that's, that's his job. He makes it grow, but we are the ones who water it in our growing of our faith and our action. Next verse, 1 Corinthians 3. And I'm just, I'm just laying down a principle here to then apply back to this scripture. <coughs> Pardon me. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. That's us. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labour. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So here we are. There's the co-worker thing. We're partners. Only God can make it grow. That's his job. Our job is to water and plant and do all those other things, which are things like faith and so on. Even Jesus hinted strongly at this provocative statement that I actually haven't heard anyone preach into fully in my lifetime. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. They will do even greater. How can that work? Because of the kingdom principle that we start small and it grows. Can you imagine what would happen if the New Testament church had spent, invested 2,000 years applying this principle and kept growing our faith like a must, instead of building religions and constitutions and, and doctrines and denominations and buildings. and Imagine if all that effort had gone into building faith. We're supposed to be doing Jesus' words that never grow old. It's normative, according to this, that we would do greater miracles than what he did. You can't walk around that. You can't bypass that. This is important. And he's saying that these guys were seeing small miracles. People were getting raised from the dead. They were walking on water and feeding five. They were seeing small things. You're going to see more than this, he's saying. It, it breaks our brain. But it's a, it's a process. And it's malpractice on the part of guys like me. And this is why I want to take us on the journey because I just, I just believe it's time. It's malpractice for me not to take you on this same journey. It's one of the reasons we started this thing, to teach us and show us and create a space where our little mustard seeds can grow in a safe environment where we can begin to learn how to do this. And so on Tuesday nights in fourth term uh, until the end of school term, the sanctuary nights, uh, our Tuesday nights that are normally dedicated to our courses that are going on, they're going to start again. And on Tuesday nights from 7, uh, 7 p.m., we're going we're to workshop the sorts of things that we're talking into today. So every week at 7 p.m., you can come in, we'll worship, uh, we're going to get a little bit of a workshop teaching, and then we'll get hands-on and we'll be praying for each other and seeing some great things. Okay, there's the principle. Let's get back to the scripture. So the 5,000 feeding, um, we're going to try and pick up where they had missed and why they were left amazed. So the context is right through Mark 6, if you've got it in front of you. Jesus had just sent the disciples out. So saying, guys, gather around. I'm giving you authority. Now, here's the instructions, very minimal instructions. You've got to go out two by two. There was a relationship deal there. Uh, you've got to go into a places you don't know. Uh, and you've got to preach the gospel, declare the kingdom. It's a stretching experience. You're going to do what you've never done before. It's going to require faith, even though I've given you this. But I'm going to work for you. And when you do that, it's going to be awesome. Off you go. So here ended the message. You know, we could, we could start there. But they went and Jesus did amazing things for his power. They came back. You won't believe what happened. He goes, well, I've heard that line before. You know, uh, I saw Satan fall. And there's all these war stories about wherever they went. There was this miracles that happened. It's just, oh, this is easy. And I don't know whether you've ever had that period in your life where it's like whatever you prayed, it just seemed to happen. Um, often new believers have this sort of experience where they just come to faith and suddenly they pray about this or they pray about that and it just gets answered. Oh, isn't God awesome? God does all these things for us. So they've come back and now they're entering into a new phase because they, now they've experienced what it's like for, for, for God to work for them. You go, okay, upgrade time. But first, let's have a sleep. Let's have a snooze. And he calls them away in verse 31 
to have a little Sabbath moment. He says, let's go away to a quiet place. That didn't work out because everybody followed them. And we go, well, that can't be right because God gives you time off, right? Now, I'm not the good time out guy. I buy that. I know that, right? So this is my leaning is a bit skewed here. Um, I tend to over, over rev for too long. But I do understand the moment of Sabbath. Uh, I have little Sabbath moments in my days. And, and all this. So there's a time to rest. And they had a time to rest, but it wasn't given to them. Suddenly they had to do a super stretch moment. It's like, well, that didn't work out. Let's just keep going. And Jesus takes the opportunity to go, okay, time for an upgrade. I know you were looking forward to a snooze and so was I, but let's, let's, let's hook in. And I wonder if you've had a super stretch moment recently, like in the last two or three years. It's been a super stretch. This deal just never seemed to end. Everything's disrupted. Everything's changing. China's going to blow the world up. Putin's going to blow the world up. The economy's bust. Houses can't be afforded. Everybody's sick. Everybody's tired. It's like, man, I'm getting super stretched. But you're okay. Mostly we're okay. We're a bit bent and beat up, but, but we, we lived. We're still breathing. Um, and I love the SEALs, the Navy SEALs in, in the US. They have this thing called a 40% rule. Is that when you feel like you can't take any more and it's re- you're ready to give up, you're at 40%. But you've proven that. We've kept going. All that we did, even in church world, but in business and everything, we're still going. It was impossible. And no one would have thought it was possible. But we've done it. And we're okay. We're tired, but we've stretched. It's been a super stretch. Because whenever God stretches his people, he always gives you the grace. It's not comfortable, but the grace comes. And we get through it. And you've gotten through it. But the first indicator of when those stretch times aren't working out too well for us, it's not our body shutting down, it's our attitude. Have you noticed that? You start to get a bit grumbly. And these guys were starting to get grumbly just preceding the feeding of the 5,000. So they've been away, they're ready for a rest, no rest. So the disciples saw the crowds and the people that they were called to minister to, now they become the enemy. It's like, now you're getting in the way of my rest, mate. Jesus, send them away, it says in Mark 6.36. Send the people away so they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something. There was no villages. There was nothing. They were out there in the middle of nowhere. And this got Jesus just a little bit ticked. He gets more ticked in chapter 8, but now he's starting to trigger. And because he knew despite all that they'd just seen of 5,000, sorry, of the the miracles, and they've come back and they just celebrated how awesome they are. They've got the tattoos, the whole thing going on. We're fantastic. Despite all that, now they've reverted to this mindset of what about me? And I, I'm, I lack. We don't have what it takes to feed these people. There's probably at least 10,000 of them with, with wives and, and kids and such. And so they switch from their war stories about, based on what's possible to what do we actually have? We don't have what it takes to meet this need. And we find ourselves doing the same thing. We begin to resent people. We begin to resent life. The very thing that we're being called and in in motion being equipped to change, we begin to resent it. And that which is a calling becomes our problem because our mind is not keeping up with this lesson. This is why they were amazed. This is why we get amazed because we haven't figured out it's not always about God working for me. He wants to upgrade us to working through us and every, every time we get that grumble from the stretch, it's an opportunity. 
So there's time to rest, but there's a time to stretch as well. And what I love here is that in their moment where their flesh has run out, he expects the impossible. He knows it's not possible. He knows that. But he asks them to do the impossible anyway because of their previous war stories. So it goes on, verse 37. He answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him in grumble voices, that would take more than half a year's wages. That's really the point here. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Well, yeah, if that's required, maybe. Maybe we do. Acts chapter 2 has been echoing in my head this week where no one was without because nobody considered what they had as their own. The assumption of kingdom life. That little house that we live in with the roller door that comes down and locks people out, that's not yours. It's his. It's everyone's. That's a bridge too far for today. We're not going there. I'm not a, I'm not, that's not the surprise. I'm not going to get you to sell your house. And <coughs> Pardon me. So what he was asking them was absolutely impossible, but he did expect them to cooperate. And because their logic was based in their resources, they grew frustrated. They got cranky. And I wonder if you've gotten cranky because the life God's calling you to live right now is more than you can bear. It's more than you have stuff. You can't do it. Because God, you know God never calls you to anything you can actually do in your own strength? That's the point. He calls you to do what you can't do. You feed them. Well, I can't feed them. Well, yeah, you can with me. Because maybe this storm that you're in, maybe this demand to go into a life that's beyond what you can live, maybe that's exactly the point. Maybe that's the point. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to go in your most broken, tired, exhausted situation to take you to somewhere completely new. This is where I love telling my own story where I wanted to escape ministry. I was, I was six months into ministry life. There was a train wreck. It was difficult. There was politics. There was disaster going on. And my only answer was, was based on my own lack because I hadn't learned this. This is where I learned this principle. My logic began with what I didn't have. I, didn't, I, I told God I hate church politics and I still do. I, I don't like all that. I don't like warring factions and power struggles and people with opinions trying to overrule other people. You know, I don't like all that sort of stuff. I don't think anyone ever does. And, uh, and this was going on in this little setting. And so I thought, okay, reasoning from my own lack, God, here's my prayer. And my wife and I went away for the weekend and we go, okay, we're gonna solve this through prayer. And the prayer went something like, either fix them or get me out of there. Get them out of there or get me out of there. But this is an intolerable situation. That prayer lasted, I think, 38 seconds before God spoke. And how about I give you a third option? How about you stay and I give you all you need to survive there and overflow? How about that? And for a half a second, I thought, oh. <laughs> but straight after that came the grace because wherever God speaks, His Word comes and wherever His Word comes, there is faith and faith accesses grace. And so I went back into it, I overcame, it wasn't a problem anymore. Wrong logic, my logic was based in what I lacked. It was based on my own resource and I didn't have enough. Third option, let's change the story. Often we'll come to that point, but we'll overcompensate to the other extreme. We'll go, well, let's do nothing. Let's, do no, let's just watch God work. But that's where they started. That's, that was the first mission, go out and into the villages and preach the gospel. That's where they started. He's taken them on now to a next step. Early steps of faith can look that way. 
But you've got to remember this principle of partnership. It, it is God who makes these things grow, but it's us who does the watering. We, we have to play our role, grow our faith, grow our action. So we put up on screen as a little slide. So the principle is we set our vision to what God can, what can be if God works. To what can be, our vision isn't what I lack. Our vision is what, what's possible if God do, did the miraculous here. Then we look at what we have in our hands and heart, not as a basis of lack, but as a basis of sacrifice. What can I put into this game here? We look at what's possible and then we offer up what we have. This is the lesson of the loaves. Send them away, Jesus. You feed them. What with? Five loaves and two fish. It's not enough. Five loaves, two fish, Jesus is more than enough. So this is the opposite logic of seeing a problem and knowing we can't solve it than asking God to get rid of the problem. You see the difference in the logic here. This is important. This is a big deal. We don't see a problem and know we can't solve it and ask God just to fix it. We set our vision on what's possible with God and then look at what's in our hands and give it. That's all he asks us to do. So Jesus demonstrates the principles. And remember, he's stretching them from a place of where God works for them to working with them. And he asks the big question, how many loaves do you have? That's the only question that matters. And he's not asking because he wants to do a count. Later on in Mark 8, it's like an algebra test where there's five loaves, two fish, 5,000, ended up with 12 basketfuls, and then there's 4,000. And it's like they're working out what's the X factor here. The, the number is irrelevant. All he was doing is to get them to look at what they have so they can give it away into this situation. So there's a real principle here, and I, and I won't have time to unpack this one hugely, but the principle at play here is that when God works for you, and he, and he does, God, God does things in our life, and it's, thank you, God, that's, that's a winner. When God works for you, it adds something to your life. It adds something to the world. It adds, it edifies, it builds you up, it builds the world up. It, did, it does something by addition. God comes in and something great happens. But he wants to get us to a place when God works with us, because when it, it goes from addition to multiplication at that point, he doesn't just add something to the world. If he works with you and I, it's now it's multiplication. Because kingdom fruit, all fruit in the kingdom has seeds within it of replication. God hasn't made anything that's alive. Only man-made fruit has no seeds. Have you noticed that? We can produce fruit, but there's no seeds in it. When God makes anything alive, it has seeds of reproduction. And so he wants to take us from addition to multiplication. And that comes from going working for us to God working with us. Is this, is this bending the... I'm, I'm hoping this is fracturing a few minds here. This is a kingdom principle. Seeds, sowing, mustard seeds, small, growing. God does his part, we do our part. Okay, uh, John 15, 5, abide in me and you'll grow much fruit. When we do this thing, when we're abiding in partnership, we grow much fruit. Now, most of us would be happy if God just did something for us. Absolutely. I love it when God does something for us. We give him credit. The Lord's glorified. We testify. But God wants that faith to be invested into our next step where he works with us and we learn to hear his voice. Follow me. Have faith. So I'm just wondering today, here endeth the lesson. How, how many would love to see that sort of provision in your, in your life? And I, I, are the lights up high enough? Yeah, they are. They're high enough. What I'd like to see, let's do some interaction here. How many of us would really like to see this in action? The point where we give something and it, God multiplies it. So genuine show of hands. Yep, that's most of us. So if we just 
maybe just keep your hands up as a bit of spiritual exercise for a <coughs> Pardon me. Oh, excuse my throat. Okay, so we, all, we want to see. You can change hands when it gets too tight. But um, we'd love to see this in action. Um, can I get a, a show of hands? Who has seen this in action? We've seen God multiply something that they... Really? So have I, have I just wasted my message? That's most of it. <laughs> normally, it's not too many. We, we normally, we see the addition, but not so much we've given God a seed and it's become a huge tree. But, but so hands up again, those who'd like to see that. Um, okay, so that's, that's, that's really encouraging. How many would like to today um, take a risk and invest in that? So... What if we said, we'd love to see what the Lord could do in something that really matters? So I wonder if you have something in your heart that actually really matters. Um, you'd love to see a missional thing. Not, not ourselves, our family, our, our uh, income, our employment, our calling. Let's just park that for a moment. Because God's heart, he burns for what's going on out there in the world. And we, and we can follow the pain out there. The pain of uh, families breaking down. Um, uh, COVID, um, oppression, poverty, sickness. And I'm wondering, could I possibly get a show of hands of people who are aware of some of that pain where you, you can identify, it, there's a pain I would love to be a part of fixing. Like there's a, there's a pain in my world. Uh, it might be things like mothers who've experienced abortion and, and need trauma cancer. It might, it might, you know what I mean? I'm just picking things out of the air. There's stuff, I'm aware of something. So keep those hands up high. Okay. So what I'd like to, would, so would you be prepared, those people with their hands up high, would you be prepared to invest a small amount of money in that and time? Say $20, pick a number. We've all got 20 bucks, four coffees. Three now, inflation's killed it. <laughs> Mate, I bought this smallest coffee for five bucks yesterday. I thought, um, I'd, I'd divert. So you'd be prepared to say $20, pick a number, $20. You'd say, yeah, I'd invest $20. Can I get those hands up? I know your hands are getting tired. Okay, so what I'm going to do is get my, my beautiful assistant, Trish, to come. And what I'm going to do, could I, could I get, um, what I'm going to do is pick 20, uh, 15 of us, 15 of us from here this morning. And I want to do a thing. So if um, the first 15 to stand up, out of those ones with their hands in the air, could I get you to stand up if, you, if you're willing to take a risk on this and do a thing? And I'm going to get Trish to, to, to pick... Okay, so okay, so okay, so this is good. We've got more than fifteen, but that doesn't disqualify you from this. Okay, it just disqualifies the part I can play. Okay, so so Trish, are you able to pick fifteen out of that? Okay, so don't, please don't be offended. It's not personal. We're just going to pick fifteen, and I'm going to get them to come up on stage. Oh, that made them sit down. That made them sit down. I got faith, but not for that. So as soon as Trish picks, you come up on stage and we'll get the names. We can get the names after Trish, I think. We'll get them up on stage first. Just get them to come on up. and Come on up, Karen. We'll get, we'll get their names written down later. Yeah. Karen's first, bless her heart. She probably knows what I'm doing. Awesome. We've got to spread this out amongst the crowd. So you guys who haven't been picked, don't worry. God has still picked you. This is going to be interesting. One, two, three. I'm reserving five uh, for tonight because I want to do this at night as well. Come on out. So these guys are going to put, they're putting 20 bucks down. For those of you who are worried about churches taking money from people, 
Uh, I'm not taking the 20 bucks. I've got no interest in that. Uh, I just wanted to see who's committed. So um, brilliant. How many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yep. Room for six more. Good on you, mate. We needed a good-looking guy. So. And aid spread, you know. That's not the same. This is awesome. Brilliant. So encouraging to see so many stand up, actually. Just fantastic. So this is the thing I warned you about that we're going to do that we haven't done before. Are we getting close? All right. Come on up. All right. So my, my beautiful assistant, Trish, is going to come up. Trish is my wife, by the way, for those who haven't met her. She, she likes to stay in the, in the background, real back office worker. Brilliant. So come a bit closer. All right, so we're, after this, we're going to record your names. So you've put 20 bucks down, or you're about to. Um, so what I want to do now is apply this principle. So the principle is we invest a little. We all, we're investing what we've got, and they're free to invest more than this. But as a church, and as I was praying this week for the message, and I sought permission from the elders, and I, uh, I've actually robbed the budget for the sound guys, so they're not going to get their new sound kit. So what I want to do now is, um, is give each of these guys from, from Kenmore Church I want to go tenfold what they've just put down into their hands. So $200 each we're going to give you. And what we want to do is have you invest that in what's called a kingdom assignment. So some of you have heard of this before. And we're going to go on a 90-day journey together. So we're going to, we'll get all your names together and we'll, do, we'll get a Facebook group or if you're really young, maybe a WhatsApp or something trendy. But we will, and we'll start talking. We're going to go on a 90-day journey. And at Christmas time, in the weeks before Christmas, we're going to put videos on with a testimony of what God's done in your life. So what I want you to do is to be able to invest your 20 and our 200 into a kingdom assignment that's missional. So we want you to multiply it so, and bring God into that space and just see what God can do with $220. So you might start with $220 for social media or for graphics or for advertising or for uh, doilies and that you can sell, something that we put the seed in and it, and it expands. Um, now, you're probably already freaking out going, I've got no idea. This is where God comes in. God gives us the ideas and we'll help each other in our little group to do this. And so we're going to have a testimony as a church uh, at Christmas time where we get the carol service and people coming in. We'll have testimonies of the good thing that God has done and that churches can actually give money away rather than pleading for it all the time. So the three provisos in here, so we recognise this is God's money. So this is money that's come from the church that, that these good folk have given as unto God by faith. So it's going to burn in your pocket. It should burn in your pocket. And so we treat it as sacred. Um, we've got to use it in ways that would extend God's kingdom. So it's missional. It's um, you know, uh, social justice, uh, mission things, uh, things that really matter. Um, so it's got to be legal. It's got to be ethical, all that kind of thing. And you've got to come back in 90 days uh, hopefully before that, and give a report of what God's doing. But we'll talk a lot more before that uh, and help you in that journey, okay? Anyone scared of all this? Yep, fantastic. Great. That's the disciples going, we can't feed them, we can't feed them. Uh, it's impossible, okay? So this is 15, Trish. It looks, is that 15? Okay, and there'll be five tonight. We'll do this again. So, um, and if you've already stood up and you'd like to be a part of that as well, we haven't got the extra money, but, but please be a part of it. Let us know. Send us an email saying, I want to be part of this kingdom assignment as well. And we'll put you in that group and we'll just work. I'd just love to see a whole bunch of testimony for our community about what, what happens when God's people take a step of faith and take the very little that we have 
uh, and give it away for something that really, really matters. So could I ask us all now, we're going to stand and pray for these guys because we need to get the Lord involved. Um, it's, otherwise, it's just a work of man. So let's all pray together. Why don't you put an arm on each other's shoulder and, and um, we'll come together in faith. Lord, I'm just so inspired that so many of us just want to get out there and do this. I thank you for the trepidation and all the doubts because, Lord, all the disciples had that doubt as well and you sent them and you did what couldn't be done. So, Lord, I pray for divine inspiration. I pray that you would multiply the pain that they already know is out there in their hearts in a way that would drive them to address this. Give them divine creativity and sensitivity and ideas. And Lord, I pray that you would meet them where they put, put the money down, that you would meet them there and that you would multiply it. And Lord, we pray that this would make a great uh, blessing and benefit for the kingdom in this area or globally, wherever you want to use it, whether it's mission in, in Indonesia or it's Australia or, or Queensland or Brisbane. Father, multiply it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah, please be seated. Go back to your seats. That's great. Very inspired. Oh, oh actually, and just make sure you get Trish your name uh, at the end of the service and we'll put you on a list. So there's all sorts of stuff they can do with that. And, um, you know, it, we agree it's long overdue that we really pressed into mission. But mission in man's strength uh, brings burnout. A mission in God's strength brings great fruit. So can we pray together as the band uh, begins to play? We're just going to worship. This is, this is the beginning of a new thing. So please come along on Tuesday nights once uh, school term starts again. And um, we're going to talk more about what it means to step forward in faith. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for a, a great moment like this and uh, the faith of your people. I don't think I'll ever forget the deer in the headlights look a few of them I've got. So Lord, make this just the beginning of something fantastic. And Lord, I want to pray for all of those now who have been rowing the boat in the tempest of their life, the storms of their life that haven't relented. Lord, for some of them, it's an invitation to more. You could have calmed those waters and let, yet, Lord, you've chosen to exercise arms, to let them call out and say, Jesus, don't walk past me now. Will you come? Can I walk on water too? Lord, I pray into each one, and I, just know, I know so many of the stories, and I know there must be more where life has buffeted around. Lord, will you come into their hearts now and build great faith? Take us to where we need to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone. And we're going to have the prayer team. They were going to change. We'll, we'll stick there today until we can talk into that after the service and um, for anyone who needs prayer. Let's worship together.